Yes, sir. With your approval. We have an agent primed. I took the liberty of embedding a virus into his phone to move him into place. He's ready to make the data pick up at the drop site. He checks all the boxes. The most unwitting accomplice. The most oblivious agent we have ever had. Matt Kintz, Spy Superb. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh, and with me as always is the failed writer who finds himself embroiled in a spy thriller. The one, the only. I'd tell you the name of my next novel, but then I'd have to kill you. Travis Rats here. <laughs> Travis and I bringing you the Comic Exposure Podcast, where we talk about graphic novels or trades, or we talk about what's going on in the world of nerddom. You, my friends, are joining us for a comic book club episode where we share a trade or graphic novel. We talk about it. We try. Sometimes we do new books. Sometimes we do old books. Sometimes we do somewhere in between. We revisit classics. But on this episode, we were reading a newer tome, a newer book. Um, not super new, but kind of new. I think in this year. I think it came out this year. Right, Travis? Did it come out this year? I'm checking as we speak. Published publication date. Yeah, 2023. Look at this. We're reading a newer one. We are reading, we read Spy Superb out on Dark Horse Comics uh, by Matt Kent and Charlene Kent. So Matt does the art and the writing. Charlene, his wife, does the coloring for it, I believe. Uh I love Matt Kent, and so when I saw this was coming out, I was like, "Travis, we need to read it." I think you have a different. Yeah, I, I should have. I should have got. No, 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 no. I should have gotten okay. the uh, hardcover book because oh. uh, when you're when you're already paying tw- over twenty dollars for a digital copy, and then you yeah. see the hardcover, yeah. and Matt Kent is notorious for having great hardcover it is books. a great well so not only this so i'm showing travis the hardcover and you hardcover gave me plenty great. of time to get it so it, it comes it comes with part. a it comes with a slip cover that is a trader joe's bag of and course. it's like the, it's the, the cover for the one, one of the brilliant, brilliant premises throughout the or uh gags throughout the the book are the titles and the different bags, yes. which we'll talk about um so it is the uh spy supreme is a trader cover uh it's the folded over like the ones you made when you were in uh, elementary school for in junior high for your textbooks. Um, it has a, I don't know why, but it has like the ribbon for you to mark your page. It's a very fancy, like, uh, hardcover. Um, Dark Horse put this out. All right, out. Josh, put the hardcover <laughs> down. <laughs> uh, so there's a Dark Horse book. I, I know, I a, saw that, huh? Like, that's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. I have a, I have a soft spot for, I have a soft spot for Matt Kent. I have several of his books on my shelf over here. I have uh, Mind Management. I have Red Handed, Three Story, uh, Secret Path. I've, no, that's a Jeff Lemire one. I've got um, this, this one here. Book like the one that it's an odd shape. It's like long. Uh, yeah. He has Mind Management, and then he has another one about underwater. That's the one I don't have. I've read it, but I don't have it in hardcover. I, I have thought it he digital. had one that was like an odd long. It was like longer than it. Oh, was. Oh, he what? does. He yeah. does. He does have like a weird long one too. Yeah. But he has <laughs> just 
I'm going to take a break from just realizing what I just said, but <laughs> um, it's early in the morning here in Arizona and a goofy joke uh, got me. All right. So like Matt Kent, you're an early riser. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Travis, here's what I want to know. Um, did we do mind management yes. for the show? I, we did. And we had sort of different sort of viewpoints on it. Not so disparate, yeah. but I think, yeah. For me, that is a book that I absolutely love and might be because I've, I read the whole thing and we only read volume one yeah. for, for, for this show. When I asked you like, hey, we're going to do a Matt Kent book. What was your we've only done one on here. But what was your thought about that coming up? Just well, fresh we, out the gate. We've been trying to do I can't recall the name of that long one right now. But uh, uh, we've been we've been flirting with that one for a long time. And I was just like, oh, I, before you couldn't buy it online. So I had to buy it like thing. I never did. I liked I liked mind management um, just because it was the layouts were so much fun and like creative and he keeps doing new things with like the genre, which I really yeah. love, especially when you read as many comics as we do or, or, or trades as we do. Uh, yeah. Anyone who can like throw in something fun and kind of off the wall, be like, oh my God, I haven't just when you think you can't do anything new with comics, like this guy yeah. comes in, just does some fun stuff. I don't remember the story that well at all. And I don't necessarily remember, um, like falling in love with it or hating the story, but I do know I like this one. I remember just like in my brief memory of my experience reading Mind Management yeah. and reading this one, I came into this one. This one is is a little bit more mainstream, I think, than yeah, it's more stuff. straightforward and for I, sure. And, and I, I I I laughed out loud a couple of times in this book reading it. <laughs> like there is uh, like I went into it being like, okay, let's see what this thing is. Um, not excited, not bummed out, but just like, all right, let, let's see what we got. And yeah. as soon as we're introduced to our main protagonist, and I'm like, okay, here's what we have. Uh, it, it was it was pretty fun. I'm like, how are you going to make this work with this character for the whole book? Because right. two panels right. in, I already can't stand them. <laughs> so the premise of, of Spy Superb is the idea that there is a, um, a, legendary, a legendary spy um, that you, the United States and France have, right? Mm -hmm. And every country thinks that this is an amazing spy who does all this stuff. You can't find him. You can't kill him. You can't, he completes every mission that he's on. But the reality is, is that it is not one spy. It's a series of like unbeknowing idiots, yeah. right? Who are kind of embroiled into, yeah, into manipulated doing things, typical spy things like passing secret data, uh, transmitting messages. So we are like, anyone can be spy superb. And well, I, I shouldn't say that because there's a specific <laughs> demographic of people they're looking for. Yeah. And so this, I, this was a really interesting sort of like idea and it starts off with the idea that there is a super spy, right? There is this guy who's great, but he accidentally blows himself up. And so yeah, they go panel. and they great panel. And then they go, you know what? We're gonna keep this thing alive. And they have another spy who doesn't like to kill people. He likes yeah. to he like likes to manipulate people. They're like, oh, you get to run this project. So I throughout this, I think the thing that that Matt does very well in his comic books is he finds a way to layer storytelling, right? Mm -hmm. So he gives you sort of the background at the end of every issue, right? Because these are oversized issues. At the end of every issue, he gives you sort of like this extra piece where he's telling you the background story of one of the characters. So we get one of them that is 
you know, the master manipulator. We get his background story at the end of the first issue. We get and then at the, Shambeau, we get Yeah, the, we get Rochambeau's story. Chinese spy. Yeah. And then we and then we end with the spy, right? We get each of these background people, but the art changes and the look changes a little bit for each of those. And I think Matt Kent does a really good job of like you're like, oh, okay, that's who that guy is that I saw earlier. Oh, she's the one who did this, right? You get those pieces, but not until the end. He does a really good job of of kind of layering that storytelling. So let's just kick it off with the main character, Travis. You mentioned like within two pages, you like two panels, you couldn't stand this guy. Let's talk about our main character who ends up being Spy Superb. He's the next person chosen. Yes, and uh, J. Uh, Bartholomew III. Yeah, J. J. Bartholomew, Bartholomew III. III. <laughs> and we get this, we get him revealed in a fun splash page. And like you said, we get him these some of these things at the ends of the books. But yeah. they have again a feature that Josh and I love is like hidden equipment bubbles. Like, love uh, it. Yeah, where it's just like you know steel claws, um, a notebook for writing down ideas, uh, all this stuff like that. So yeah, I can I can stare at those things for hours. Um, it's it's fantastic. It reminds so I think it might be. I wonder if we love it so much because one of the first books, the very first book we did on the show, was Profit, and it had a very very beautiful one of those. It was like all of his gear oh, yeah. in his backpack. Well, um, well, I think it comes from the back of action figures, uh, like yeah, Joe's yeah. and stuff like that, where they'd have the lines, and the, so you could double check to make sure you got all the tiny little plastic pieces. Yeah. Dude, where's his Cobra Blaster? He's supposed to have mom. <laughs> He got ripped off. He doesn't have a Cobra Blaster. Um, so we get this revealed. And so our protagonist in here and the current spy superb is J. Bartholomew III. And he is this pretentious, full of himself, uh, out kicking his coverage uh, schmo. Um, yeah. Who, like, design-wise looks the part right? too, which we'll talk about oh, when yeah. we get to art. Um and so again, this an archetype of a character, right? Uh, yeah. But at the same time, a very unique, like he's hard to pin down, right? Um, and he's not likable at all through any of this. at all. There's no but, even like heartwarming. No, he's just moment. smug. There's no save the and, cat moments. No, he's like smug and he's arrogant and he like thinks everybody loves him and you know it really starts off like he doesn't tip the barista and you're like what a jerk and then he walks by the homeless guy outside he's like i don't have cash sorry right after he paid right like, right right and like he's like smashes the phone case person he's like reaching across the the counter yeah. to get his stuff that you know uh and he's just real pompous and i found myself like it's with a character like this it was kind of interesting is you're measuring all his activities because obviously it feels like uh, Matt is figuring out like this, like who's like, what's like the scummiest thing a scumbag can yeah. do. And yeah. then like, if it's in the book, I'm like checking my behavior against it. <laughs> I'm like, have I ever done that? Have yeah. I ever said something like that? So I found it kind of being like, as I'm turning the page, I'm like, please don't see yourself in this character. Please don't see yourself in this character. Please don't see yourself in this character. Yeah. And a haphazardly, succeeds the entire story right like not Magusa. of his own accord right like yes yeah baby's like, day out if you will yes a very baby's day out sort of walking through winning and one of the scenes that i think is fantastic is the initial him somehow coming out on top in his apartment 
right? Yes. He gets he gets the he gets the wrong phone. He's supposed to get this data drop, so he's supposed to have this phone with all this data on it, but he doesn't get the right one. But the spies think he has it, so they come to his house, and they're all kind of dressed in like plumbing gear or like worker gear, and he's like, "Oh." I'm so glad you, instead of finally, instead of freaking out that he sees these three guys in his house, he's like, it's about time you guys showed up. And through a series of- The guys let him walk through all the stuff he needs fixed. Instead of just like being like, hey, gigs up, we know who you are. They're like, go to the dishwasher, go to the toilet, go to the- (laughs) And, And he ends up like killing all three of them, or they all three end up being dead in his apartment by no real act of his own it is it is this wonderful sort of like action sequence because it's actiony that's the one thing yeah matt is not like we'll talk about art a little later but he's not an artist where you're like oh man he draws action really well but all the action in this is paced great yeah it's fluid the art fits it so well all of those beats really hit and I found myself like it happens over and over again. There's lots of action in this book. And it shouldn't surprise me because there's a lot of it in in all of mind management. There's a lot of those little action pieces throughout it. But it feels smoother and it more cinematic. Yeah. It feels more cinematic in this in a way. And it was it's great. It's paced wonderfully it, in it, those it, beats. It feels, we'll talk about this, but it feels less that indie comic, indie indie comic style that mind management felt like. And more like, okay, like the equivalent of what a comic budget would be like as far as like the auteur's vision to it. But um, yeah, yeah. so um, the the character, like we said, is great. And I find myself laughing at a few of the things he said out loud, which are just so, um, so ridiculous and so <laughs> pompous. And the thing is, like uh, they they play off a lot of spy tropes. At one point, he thinks like he's been like he tries to convince himself that he's been activated. Like we've seen yes. in a hundred science fiction movies, <laughs> he's been Jason like, Bourne, Manchurian <laughs> Candidate. You know, like yeah. where it's like, oh, I've I've been this thing the whole time, and now I'm being activated, and I can't remember my programming. And uh, we have until like someone tells him like, no, you have no skills. You have no talent. You are you are a hapless dimwit, and who's just yeah. luck magooing yourself through this situation. It's and there's one line he just keeps. You're right. He says all these little quotes. There's one who's like, "Look, failure is just an opportunity to surreptitiously try again." Right? Yes. Like, yes. All yes. These, it's it's all, all these... it's all those quotes. It's all those yeah. like, hang in there quotes or like this this like, they describe him as like a pseudo intellectual. Right, this pseudo. Yeah. I want early on, like one of his first scenes, he's talking about um, uh, Proust, right? Yeah, and he's like, "Well, it's like Proust said." He's like, "You read Proust?" And he goes, "No, but I, I read of him, and I oh, think yeah, I get I the read gist." About him. <laughs> <laughs> it just over and over again, just like um, it's a wonderful sort of beat by beat, and so we really get three main characters through this, right? We we get spy superb we get jay bartholomew and then we get the uh Handler. spy who oh, the the spy who lives in australia right she's our our other big character and then you get a f- fabulously dumb but amazing villain in rochambeau like right. a it's just bond. like straight up bond straight it up bond is so bond it is such a good bond villain and it's just this great idea like rock paper scissors he's going to punch you 
He's going it's to rock. kill you with scissors. Yeah, scissors. Or he has, or he has these poison-tipped those little Chinese stars you made with paper when yep. you were a kid. It's great. Uh, just a just so Bond villain, but he's also it, impervious to poison. Yes, yeah. And the the whole train <laughs> scene when they're kind of fighting their way through the train. This entire like this this beat by beat thing is there. Actually, it's like starts. He's just chasing him through the city and all these places. It feels so James Bond as they like get away from him and they're traveling through all these different locations and it is done so well. Like I just didn't, I didn't expect it to be um, that actiony, but it feels very much like James Bond as they're leaping from one gondola sky gondola to the other. And the end of it, it felt like a set piece in a movie, right? It had all these beats that really drove it in a way that, that made it feel bigger than what I think Matkin's art and his other books really yeah. kind of set, you well, know. Even even this is not a long this is not a long volume, and no. it it's like 150 pages, and it feels epic in the sense of story too because of locations like a Bond movie. Yeah. you know, in two hours you're in six different international locations. Like we're yeah. like yeah. in like a, the city in the United States, Cambridge one it is, Australia. We're in like like all these different places. Uh, around there you're in like um, a gondola you're on a train yeah. you're in a jeep you're in a city um so it has this sense that even though it's a uh, um uh, a jungle uh even though right it's a smaller story it does feel epic in scale that's a good point yeah and she like there's just little beats that i think are just great storytelling throughout when we talk about like the things that make us love comic books right there's one panel that opens up. I think it's the final volume. Um, I'm looking at that it, jumping from gondola to gondola right now. And yeah, God dang, that is that's it's such so a good, good sequence. That one where they're caught midair between it, just a little two little figures. Yeah, it's super good. I, I think so. There's one, you know, you get the Rochambeau. You end that, and then you get the last issue, and it's them kind of standing in the building, and it's like all of their exit routes. Yes. Right. And so it's because just the arrows like a mask. That's one of her skills is like, yeah, she's she always is planning her escape from any situation. Yeah. And so those are the things that comics do really well. Right. You get to show like the thought process behind. I can go this way. I can go that way. You can do it in movies. And I think when movies do it, they're aping comic books. Mm-hmm. Right. When movies give you that sort of what I think of things like. um, You think of the way like. Uh, you see comic books do th- or like movies do things like that are based on comic books. They do like that Scott really Pilgrim. well. Uh, but yeah, like Scott Pilgrim that. or um, what's the one the were the crap? They're spies in England. Um, oh, Kingsman. Kingsman. Yeah, I mean Kingsman does that sort of over the top action moves, right? That are very comic booky. It doesn't have like here's the arrow to go here, but it feels comic booky. Well, even certainly a chorus. I mean, because I mean it's. The whole design of the movie is Spider Verse, right? Right, right. You know, like donut and and like and like yeah, sprouts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I think this is one of those things that comics does really well. And Matt, his art is such this sort of like cartoony, very indie thing, but he's able to tell this very big, great story, even though the art is so unlike what you might get. 
well, in a book. Yeah, and it feels like, you know, uh, in here, there's some really cool things, like, because that's what he's kind of known for is like playing with layouts and playing with like little yeah. extra features and like little like fold outs and things like that. So in yeah. this one, there's not a, like a, a ton of that compared to probably some of his other books, certainly not as much as mind management. But at the beginning of them, there's a couple of things. One is you get the how to make a ninja star. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yes. So like you, at first you're like, why? Because it, it's a long time before that even comes up. Right. Yeah. The whole ninja star thing. So you're like, why is this comic starting with how to fold a, a ninja star? And then you have the titles for the books are all in the title itself. A part of the title uh, has a part of the word like at all cost, and it will be like a Costco yeah. bag. Costco, yeah. Or like the, the you know the something trader, and it'll be a Joe's yeah. trader bag. Um, and that's brilliant. I never got what the receipts were about. Did you get the receipts? So I, I think it's just that they're grocery bags. So it reminds you of like when you would make those book covers as a kid, right? And like I, I mean, I don't know if you, I mean, you grew up yeah. not in oh, the United sure. States, we, but we how? Those. Right. So you made those and then it was always like whatever was the receipt in the grocery bag. Right. So, you know, it just feels and in fact, this comes with a bookmark. That is a it comes with a, a, oh. a grocery receipt. All right, Josh, put the hardcover <laughs> down. And it's just it's literally the the price point and the it's just the tagline. Right. So it's a very like it's a very he does these things very well. So I have a book of his called Red Handed. And it is also kind of this spy book and um, it's a signed, it's a signed copy from him. And in one of the pages, there's a lighter and he burnt like every copy that he, get, if you bought it from his website, he burned that part of it. Cause that's what's happening in the comic book is someone's burning away the page. Oh, and so he wow. burns away the page in the issue that you get from him. It's this very interesting, I love that. like, I love that he's so such much. a, yeah, he's like, there's all these little touches in his books that That's you're like, oh, he's man, like the, he's like the Etsy comic book artist. Right. You know? So I have. It's yeah, crazy. there's a mind. There's a mind management, um, an extra one that is a comes with a seven inch record. Like now turn the page. Right. And it goes like bling, and you turn the page and it's like supplemental to mind management that he put out. I don't like, you know, on a Kickstarter or something like that, or a pre-order thing, it's a seven inch record. It's a read along with it at about one of the, one of the agents from my, from mind management. And it's great. It's this little thing. It's so goofy that, that he made it and people, I, I bought it. I was like, oh yeah, I want the seven inch record. That reminds me of being a kid with my like little Fisher price record player, like turn the Winnie the Pooh page or whatever it is. It's, it's, this like wonderful, like goofy thing. And he does that so well, all of these bits and pieces in his book. Well, and this I, is no different. It's less, it's less innovative than I think mind management was because it's like mind management had all the matter that you could read a third story. If you read like along the spine of the book and it was all these pieces kind of like layered into it, but this is still, I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm holding on to something like it's a special product, right? Like right. he really put some thought into the design of it. Well, you know, I, I, well, I think that works so well in any any industry, but in particular, I love people who push. Like in in uh, teaching, I call it just like whatever the lesson is, just sprinkle some magic on it. You yeah, know? 
Just like just that one little thing that's off. It's a little it's customized. It's a little bit funky. Yeah. It's a little bit weird. Maybe even silly or childish. You do it. Like don't do um, vocabulary. Like do like shoot them with Nerf guns or whatever it is. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, um, and I, I like that. I think it's. I I think it's a. Honestly, there's there's an illusion that there's a lot more happening than than is. But, yeah. But the sense of just like how to make a ninja star doesn't take them that long to draw that up and write that in there but the effect of that where you're just kind of like huh oh this is something new oh this is something right. cool, or like what is this about it just puts you in this place for your imagination this it just kind of sets the table for your imagination um, right and then i think it also allows him to kind of break the 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 expectations within the story in ways that you're like you go with because he set it up layout wise and creativity wise with fold outs and these things where nothing about this book is normal. So you don't, you don't second, especially mind management. That was the case where right. the story structure was kind of off. Like it wasn't traditional and jumping back and forth and, and things like that. And the premise. Um, but I think that, that, that actually is uh, works for him. It works to his advantage as a storyteller as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does. And I think, for me, I don't know if there's more of Spy Superb, and I don't think there has to be, because, but I think this gives him the opportunity if he wants to go back and revisit this idea, right? But I think this is a really great self-contained story, this three-act story, right? Because that's what it is. It's three oversized issues. It's this three-act play of idiot, you know, gets wrapped up into something, idiot you know, further finds himself, you know, gets the, has the girl, the person getting him there. You have this rising action of, oh my gosh. And at the end they're successful. And then he becomes the spy, right? What's the, what's the Jamie Lee Curtis too little or like the Jamie Lee Curtis uh, and um, Arnold Schwarzenegger true lies, right? Like she gets sucked into it being his wife, doesn't know anything about it. And at the end, it's them. They're both spies now. Right. Yeah. And she's in it. It feels very like that tropey sort of thing. Yeah, or, you know, the man who it. Like it's his brother right. who was originally supposed to be that part, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then what's the, uh, I thought like, and you don't see that coming because no. it's like, I've tried to call my brother. He's not, he hasn't been answering. It's the me, open, right? And he's the opening <laughs> panel of the book, like the brother, yeah. and the, the trunk trunk of the car. Oh man. There's some, there is some art in here that is both gross, but, great yeah, at the same about, time let's talk about yeah the art. let's let's dive into it matt kent has a very i think we read two authors who have on this podcast over the years that have very personal styles so matt kent and jeff lemire yeah. they have a very personal indie style they both kind of have books that came out around the same time in this indie sphere of, of comic books and this kind of thing um they both have written things uh, that aren't their books and had other people draw them, right? Um, but I, this is one of those things where, like, his art style, I think if you can't hang with it, it would probably be tough to get into Matt Kent's stuff. But I love the weirdness of the characters and the sort of, like, ugly nature of his art but that it's also great right like there is the um his friend that he's talking to at the beginning 
doesn't even look like it. It looks like the most sketchiest of drawings. Like it's the least out of all the characters in this book, his best friend that he's talking to at the diner in the beginning. Yeah. Like you see him later and he's literally just like a cube with some scratch lines for a beard. Right. It's he's very sort of sketchy and very. um, Yeah. He's cube like. Yeah. 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 Very sketchy. and, And just like his art is not normal art, but it's it feels I mean, it's painted. It's I mean, it's watercolored over, That's, so it feels I, it's, it's legit. Like his, his lines right? were made to be watercolored over. Yes, like yeah. his style. Like it's just. I mean, those two in tandem. Like if you were to color this in some other way, or just leave it black and white, it actually would be pretty. Just pencils and, and inks would be actually pretty, a pretty book. Um, but the watercolors just make his 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 pencils sing. Um, yeah. Because it just brings in a lot of that hatching, um, the disconnection of objects. They're not afraid to let those colors run in places. Right. You know, as and of course, over. watercolor will do, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, here a lot in a lot of the scenes, the backgrounds are, are pretty sparse because just, just his style. But some of them get involved. And um, in some of the flashbacks... Um, like Rochambeau's, uh, right. the blues and, and the blacks. And the blood, and, and the blood is red yeah, when he's punching the, the wall. Right? Just, it just really makes it pop, man. And even, He doesn't really... Even yeah. his back pages to this whole book, are they all that way? Or is it just the flashbacks? The, um, yeah, the flashbacks are even have that, and I love that in any kind of thing, is that aged yeah. paper. Right. And then you get you get a different feel. And I think that's what he does really well is when he transitions between, you know, those flashbacks or those other parts of the stories like it's clearly defined. Right. It's on a different color paper. The colors are different. You know, it's just it's black and white and blue. Right. Um, And then, you know, everything else is this color. But all of his stuff is very I mean, his wife is coloring this one, but he did he did most of the I think his older stuff. He did all of the work for it the color and the uh art for it um but it all is this very muted color palette right it's very earthy as the best way to say it yeah, you, you know and you said it earlier and i'm just like seeing it more and more now like when you said like cinematic right like yeah his layout like his panel designs i mean you look at the one that i'm just looking right here where the, yeah. the gun's coming out there you see it kind of come in a little in the frame then you see it from the gun's perspective then you see it in parallel it, he it's it's very is a cinematographer you know right um and i guess all uh, the, that's that's comic book orders travis yeah i get but it. i don't think People but have. i don't think it i mean sometimes it's not you get like scenes like so there's this one panel where they kick rochambeau out of the gondola and it's the full length of the page and you can see the drop. And it's just a really interesting way to show this work, right? Um, I, I think he's a really, he's a, a talented way to set up. And there's lots of panels where it's just six panels every page, right? So it feels very storyboarding, right? So a lot of pages are just six panels yeah. on a page, but he finds a way to really, he's pacing all the action really well and those panels and they feel storyboarded, but they don't feel unfinished. You don't feel like you're missing beats and what's going on, even though they kind of look a little storyboarded. And I, I think um, if I had to put like Matt Kent in like a, a 
a place of like comic book artists. If I had to do like him and and I, cause I think him and Jeff Lemire, they're always really close to each other in my head of what they do. Right. I mean, their storytelling is not the same, but I think that their, their style and their like their process and, and the thing they put out is very similar to me. It reminds me of, and I don't, and people are, you can either take this as a good way or a bad way, but it's like Wes Anderson of comic books. Yeah. That's right. All, that's exactly like, the way I think of them. I think, I think of them as like, like they have a very visual intellectual comic intellectuals, well, you know? Well, they, they have a very visual thing that they're doing. Yeah. Right. And you either like that visual thing and they can tell any story that they want, but it's going to, it's going to be that it's going to yeah. have that visual style. And if you like it, everything you like you're going to enjoy what it is but if you can't if you can't hang with that visual style you're probably not going to enjoy it no right or no. not enjoy it as much but right also For me, i like 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 wes anderson it it takes more than one viewing to even develop a taste for it like if you're to get all the little so, pieces yeah, right it's like a sense of like you go back i remember as a kid like i love uh wes anderson's style now but i remember watching royal time albums as a kid and just being like huh I don't know if I get it, you know, and then you have to watch right? it like two or three times and then, or the next piece comes out and by, you know, um, his third movie, you're like, Oh, I see. It's consistent. This, it wasn't, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't like a bad thing. This is, this is their, their form. Their form. A very particular style that they yeah. do. And I think Matt Kent does that very well i mean he has all of the extra matter that's always sort of his style but then even his pacing and the little things that you might not notice right away when you're looking through it that first time whether it's like the color selection he chooses or you know the little the little bits and pieces that he does they're there for a reason right and he has a very visual style for what he does and whether you and I that's why I think like him and Jeff Lemire have this thing that they do. And if you like that thing they do, if you like that style, if you like that sort of like storytelling, the way that they tell a story visually, then it's something that you can pick it up and you're going to go like, oh, I really this is something I can get into. You well, know? because the, the, like you're saying, the, the style here is it, it it's not just style for the sake of style. It, right. it is a style that services the story. Their style services their stories. Sometimes you have someone like, I love him, Sean Murphy, love his yeah. art style, but sometimes his art style, it feels like it's fighting the story. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's like, this is my style, no matter what the story, it feels like here, there, it's very much like, I, like it fits the story. It's, it, right. it, it isn't just lay, laid on top of the story. Right, right. They 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 write things that that jive with the sort of very indie feel like of underwater what they do. welder, right? Like yeah, it just right. works. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Travis, uh, we haven't done favorite panels in a long time. Did you have a favorite panel? Uh, really, I did. That really mark, stuck I, out I did, to you. I do remember marking a panel. Like I said, I like that one that you were talking about, uh, the gondola one. But I did yeah. mark something different. So let me go to my bookmarks here on my digital copy of the book <laughs> all right oh uh oh nope that was it <laughs> i went to my thing and i was like which one i bookmark it was the gondola the gondola going down the long it's panel a, of the gondola going down and then crash at the bottom of it it's a very good one i think for me that first bit of action sequence with the guys in the um in in his kitchen 
in like literally his galley kitchen where he kills all three of these spies. And that feels Wes Anderson too because they have like beanies on, like uh, Life Aquatic. They look like Life right? Aquatic people. Um, I think he just does a really good job of of the action pieces in here. But one for me that I really it's a it's dumb, but I, he draws it and he puts it in. The guy falls and he accidentally shoots and he shoots the other guy in the head. So right, it's yeah. just. It's just a, it's like a goofy scene, but it's gory too. It's like but intense. it's gory. Yeah. Uh, page forty two in it, and it's just, and then the whole thing is haphazard. He slips in the thing from the the foam from the air, then the fire extinguisher. He lands in the dishwasher, gets knives stuck in his back, and then he actually he accidentally shoots the guy. It's just very much like, did did you watch? Um, we said it earlier, like the what was the man? Um. Man Who Knew Too Little. Man Who Knew Too Little. Or there was one, was it Paintball or whatever the name of it was. It was like this kid who is in college and he's playing, they pay paintball around college and he gets wrapped up in this spy thing. It's a very 80s movie. Okay, it's a, I, I can't remember who the actor is who's in it, um, but it's like a young up and coming 80s actor. It's like on his college campus and they have like paintball guns that look like real guns. And they're like, they go around, like they do this game around campus and then he gets wrapped up into this spy thing because they think he's a real oh, spy okay. or the man with one red shoe, right? Like all yeah. those, all those things. It feels very much like that. And it's, it's a fun, it was a super fun story. I really enjoyed it. I like, I would recommend this to, if you can hang with the art, it's a great story. And I think that's the tough part, right? You have to be able to hang with that art. Yeah. And also like the price point, like I, like you need to know that right. you, you need to know you like that. You kind of like this going in to spend that kind of money or like give it to someone who you think might like it. Who's really close to you as a gift because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, Cause it's, it's a lot to ask someone to try out for like 23 bucks for a digital copy and, and, and that one. But I think, you know, it's right. because you know, there's a lot that goes into this and you know, um, that kid does, doesn't write a whole lot of stuff, so right. uh, it's like, like, hey, I, I got no problem. This guy's this guy's like a master, so I have no problem yeah. paying that price. But like, I also know I like it. I didn't pay forty dollars for mine, but the hardcover price point is forty bucks, right? Yeah. So it's like I think that that's the one thing that Dark Horse does well. Dark Horse says if we're going to give you a hardcover, we're going to make it worth what we're going to do, right? You're like we're going to make it something, and I think. Um, image has done that with the, those Brubaker books, right? Like they're like, no, if you're going to purchase thing, this thing in a hardcover, you're going to buy this piece. We want you to have something nice. Yeah. And, and not just a heart, have your card stock graphic novel, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to, we want to give you something. If you're going to spend the money for me, this is that like why you buy vinyl sort of thing. Right. right? I don't, I don't buy all my comics you know physically but there are certain ones i'm like oh yeah no i want that on my shelf that's a good i want to be able to feel that one when i read it matt kid you know? is is a uh comic book writer for those people who like the medium of comics yeah Not just like good stories or spy stories but like hey do you like comic books like do you get excited seeing people try new fresh things do you get do, are, you, are you okay with lots of different art styles if you check yes for all these boxes and you're not reading matt Kent, then yeah you're missing yeah. out yeah, for sure. All right, that is it for the episode, Travis. Coming up, this is uh, we are we're we're in spooky my month, my dude. My we're in spooky month. Uh, we have two spooky books planned. Uh, our spooky guest, our annual spooky guest, Andrea Consalvi, is going to be on to talk spooky books with us. But instead of one spooky book, we're doing two spooky Call books this month. Spooky books. 
two spooky yes. books. Two spooky books. Uh, we are doing Something is Killing the Children and Nice House on the Lake are the two books that we're reading. I think I've read the first issue of both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrea picked them out. She was like, okay, I want to do a, I want well, I'm doing spooky book. I'm like, well, you pick it this year. Okay. So she's like, I got a couple of them. I'm like, well, then we'll just do two. Pick two of them. Let's just do two books. So yeah. we're going to do two spooky books. It's going to be a scary month. We're going to talk Halloween and Halloween candy. Maybe we're going to talk. We're going to figure something out. <laughs> we got to figure something out for our variant I- I- issue for this. Um, but I think, I think we're, I think we're, I think we're going to get spooky. It's going to get It's going to get spooky. Two spooky books. Two spooky books. Two spooky All right. books. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in. You can find the podcast over at comicexposure.com. Uh, you can read all of the things about the episodes and all that good stuff. We've got a little merch up there if you want to get yourself a, a T-shirt. Um, we uh, appreciate the listens and the shares and all that good stuff. If you are following us on a podcast app, or maybe you don't follow us and you just check the thing every once in a while, go ahead and follow us. You can subscribe or like or whatever you do on your podcast app. Uh, rate us, review us, share with your friends. We appreciate that. Travis, that's it, my man. We'll see them next trade.